This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. We look forward every fortnight uh, to catching up with Tahu McKenzie, educator at Orokanui Eco Sanctuary, who joins us on the line now for a bit of sunshine on a Tuesday morning. Morena, good to have you with us, Tahu. Oh, morena koto, namahi arahanui kia koto. So exciting to be with you. Thank you for having me. Here we are, 2nd of November, or should I say, Lovember. It's Lovember, Jeff. It's the second day of Lovember. You love this time so, of year? I love this time of year, and I particularly love every opportunity for us to celebrate the love that surrounds us and abounds within us. And particularly at this time, if we can share and celebrate with one another, where we're seeing, feeling, doing, being, love, that is very helpful, I feel. Well, that's a nice thing to carry around with us. Um, perhaps every time you see or hear the, the the November, you could think of November. Maybe that might just change a little bit about your day. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Um, oh, yeah. Tahu, you had a bit of a scare at the weekend, didn't you, uh, at uh, the Eco Sanctuary? A fire came in within a close proximity of... Uh, your wonderful resource there. Yes, so I remember when I first started volunteering at Orokanui many, many moons ago, and we were actually building the fire pond, and this was probably in 2006 or way back when, and um, so we had to dig out this huge fire pond in the case of fire, and that was one of the things that first things that we had to do. And out and our head ranger had to be held by the legs, to be lowered down into the abyss to properly install all the black plastic and um, it was very exciting. And so it's the first time the fire pond's ever been used. So we had helicopters coming with their monsoon buckets and putting the fire out and it was all very dramatic. But thank goodness it didn't breach the mighty fence of defence. It was on the land outside the eco-sanctuary but... As you know, Jeff, with all these things in our lives, it was a great learning experience for us because we hadn't actually thought about the fact that there are these power lines. They're not too close to us, but obviously with gale force winds, even power lines that are quite far away can do quite a lot of damage. So in many ways, it was a helpful learning experience. And a timely reminder that we are heading into those drier months and the forecast is for El Nino uh, conditions, which will mean gusty, windier, warmer summer. And while we know uh, historically that well, regions all across the country are at risk at that time, I guess it's just a reminder for us all to take extra care when we're out and about. Absolutely, and to do everything we can to care and support each other. It's also an exciting time because it may well be a mast year for the Rimu, so it may well be another kakapo breeding season. So that's very exciting if that happens. All right, so yeah, look, for those who have heard that expression before but don't fully understand it, what what, what is um, uh, that and, and why is it significant? Well, for kakapo and for many of our native birds, they're breeding is interrelated to the fruiting of our native trees. And whereas many other species will breed every year, they'll only breed every three to five years when there is a mast year, so that's when there's heaps of fruit on the trees. And that gives them the extra protein and that hormonal boost to say, yes, we've got enough food to have babies this year. And for mummy kakapo particularly, 
they'll be up and down a rimu tree getting thousands of berries every night for their babies when they have them. So it's a, a very important resource. And if we do get that big fruiting event this year, then hopefully we'll have lots more than the 202 kākāpō that we currently have. <laughs> well, that would be lovely, wouldn't it? Uh, these mast seasons and masting seasons, and the, particularly the super masting seasons, um, do come with their own risks, don't they? Because that accelerates the population of predators, uh, which is why it's so incredibly important that uh, Orokinu Eco Sanctuary is protected from the, um, those who might wish those birds harm. Yes, and all life being beautiful and having its own proclivities. We are so fortunate to have fence sanctuaries, and I really feel that fence sanctuaries are the way forward. It, it is incredibly hard to to maintain the level of trapping that's required in the wild, but I applaud all of those who do, and as we know, more and more trapping initiatives are coming into being, which is fantastic, so we can protect our wild spaces. Uh, even, even predator-free islands, it's... A challenge to maintain. So, fence sanctuaries, I feel, get my vote. Now, speaking of uh, breeding seasons and all things related to the young ones, tell us about <laughs> the Takahe babies. Oh, it's so exciting. Well, you know that Tahu and the Takahe's every show, we have to do a love ritual for the Takahe and send out our generative energy towards the Takahe so they make babies. And not that I'm taking full credit for this, but <laughs> they have had two babies, which is so exciting. And this is our young pair, Waimari and Bennett, who now live at the top of the eco-sanctuary. And so they've had two successfully hatched eggs, and the babies were born round about the start of October. And they've done really, really well looking after them, which is fantastic because they're very young parents. They're only about two years old, so it's really exciting and they've done a fantastic job looking after them through lots of different weather events and they've chosen a really good big patch of tussocks that we planted with Jane Goodall when she came over so they're very special tussocks and um, they've made a lovely nest in there and we're just starting to see the chicks emerge now which is really exciting so at 11 o'clock the Takahe are fed every day except Tuesday and Wednesday when we're close to the public. And what we're starting to see, which is really exciting, is that the whole family will come over to the feeder. So we have Ben at the dad and he's leading the way. And then the two little chicks are in the middle. And then Wayne Mardier, the mum, is following behind and they're constantly calling to each other and just checking on each other. And they make their way over from the tussock patch to the feeder and then they'll actually feed the babies at the feeder. Ooh! So it's very gorgeous. Yeah, well, that's a great tip about a a potentially um, wonderful time to visit the eco-sanctuary. I mean, all times of the day are wonderful for their own different reasons, but if you're particularly interested in in seeing the feeding like that or indeed seeing the bird feeding stations topped up around the eco-sanctuary in the morning. Yes, so what we are really seeing now is a lot of feeding, particularly in the morning. So we're making sure all the bottles are topped up by 9.30 when we open. And we're really recommending to people, if you'd like to come in and, and do that loop and see all the tui and kaka and koriamak or the bellbird and tauho silver, all of those little nectar feeders feeding in the forest, it's a really great time. And of course, all of the dynamics and the dance of 
territorial behaviour and so on. It's an, an exciting place to be at the bird feeder. And, um, and then have a lovely brunch in our beautiful Horopito Cafe with our new a la carte menu, which is very exciting. It's a wonderful, wonderful place to sit down and have a cup of tea or coffee and something lovely to, to eat, um, all deliciously healthy or healthy-ish food, <laughs> depending on how much you want to treat yourself. But it's such a glorious spot. You can't help but just feel the blood pressure just drop a little bit as you sit there uh, gazing um, over the uh, forest canopy and, and beyond. I uh, do recommend it. And, of course, you've got um, the little shop there, so you could have a little bit of a, a browse. We are, you know, we're coming into that gift-buying season, Tahu. Oh, yes, and we're very lucky that... Within our beautiful shop, we are hosting all local artists, so it's a great opportunity to support the local community. And we've just got in some gorgeous cushion covers and cards and posters and many smaller artworks by Kiore Jackson, who's who's a local artist who's just amazing, and uh, they're all one of a kind. So hand-painted cushion covers that are just absolutely exquisite and uh my one of my favourites, Jeff, is the perfume that Kati Huirapurunaka make in the traditional way with Tadamea with spear grass. And it's called Maya and it's um for Tadamea and it's really beautiful perfume if you're into that sort of thing. But there's all sorts in the shop, so I'd really recommend it. And of course you can buy online as well. Yes, so we are always updating our online shops, so it's really worth having a look at www.orokanui.nz. And only yesterday, Jeff, I mentioned picked up our calendars, so they are now available for sale, and they're a fantastic stocking stuffer and a great reminder of a whole year at the eco-sanctuary, all the changes throughout the season. Um, that'll be a, a lovely thing to, to see and uh, let's hope that as we tick over the months in 2022 on that calendar we see things um, you know, around the world just improve a little bit for all of us and, and perhaps we'll find that uh, next year we've got a few more freedoms uh, and that our populations are less at risk from some things that have been hanging over us, a bit of a cloud hanging over the um, the whole world really at the moment and it's... Um, it's nice to look ahead to a, a year where we might see a little bit of progress and change in that area and you can ticker over your your beautiful Orokinui Eco Sanctuary calendar as you watch those months go by. Um, Tahu, it's uh, nearly upon us, the New Zealand International Film Festival. Aren't we fortunate to be Woo-hoo! hosting the festival this year, of course? Unfortunately, and we can understand why in Auckland they weren't able to proceed with it. Here in Aotearoa, Dunedin, we are Regent Theatre and Rialto Cinemas able to safely host view- uh, viewings for a-, a wide range of movies from all over the world. And um, a fortunate ORFM listener is going to have an opportunity to take away a double pass to a rather wonderful movie. Tell us about this one. So, as we know, we have done so well in Aughty Porty Dunedin, and I'm so excited for the film festival. And as you say, Jeff, you know, we want to be sending our, our best wishes and our loving intentions towards the future for all of us here in Aotearoa, but also around the world. So, that International Film Festival gives us the opportunity to really travel through time and space. And I do feel that things will just get better and better for us and we're doing so well. It's also, of course, an opportunity for us to learn more about the ecology of different parts of the world. And this 
beautiful, beautiful film. And there will also be Q&A with the director, which is really exciting. But this film is, is really for us. So Rohi, Kore Porepo, The Swamp, The Sacred Place, Wetlands are being celebrated in this beautiful film and all the changes that are taking place to our wetlands. So in terms of understanding that, it's so important that we draw from Matataka Māori and those traditional understandings of our waterways. So there will be an opportunity for a Q&A on Saturday the 20th of November, and we'll also have the amazing to my Kaimani of Kaitahu who will be facilitating and speaking about his work at St. Clair Wetlands right here in Otago. So that's really exciting. All right, uh, ORFM listeners get an opportunity to win a double pass to that beautiful movie. It's one of many that uh, celebrate the natural world uh, as part of New Zealand International Film Festival for this year. More on uh, your chance to win in a couple of moments. Tahu, always so lovely to talk with you, and we always like to uh, wrap up our korero with uh, an opportunity for you to introduce a song. Tell us about this one. Oh, thank you so much. It's very special for me. Thank you. So this is one of my favourite songs ever, and it was actually, when I was a little girl, I listened to this song a lot, and so it's really from my childhood, and I just love the song, because it has so much dynamic energy in it, and it's a real great one to energise you and get you dancing, and uh, I think what it speaks to for me is that, you know, we can have a lot of concerns and stresses and worries that are in our external universe. Uh, in the human aspect of our world and then when we have the opportunity to return to the river and return to the living world and the natural world it's such a release and it's such a, a, re, a restart for us so a great reminder there of that other place that's there. The song is of course Take Me to the River from Talking Heads we'll uh, listen to that in just a sec um, thank you so much Tahu for spending some time with us again on the awesome morning show we look forward to catching up on a fortnight oh thanks so much Kakiti. this podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air